Hello and welcome everyone. Uh, or today with, with me today is uh, Professor Taylor Frevel of M MIT. Uh, Taylor, now that this news has come in that the Chinese soldiers had uh, come across in Uttarakhand's Barahoti uh, at, the end of, at the end of August. Uh, meanwhile, all this, this is happening in DC with AUKUS and Quad. Uh, what's your sense? What do you make of AUKUS now? Oh, hi, Shashant. So nice to be with you again today. I mean, I, the AUKUS deal is quite significant. I think it, it, it's clearly a sign uh, of a desire to uh, balance much more sort of assertively um, against uh, growing Chinese military power than, than we've seen uh, in recent years, and to do so uh, in collaboration with allies uh, very closely. I think, of course, the submarines themselves may not be delivered for a decade or more, uh, but clearly, I think it's a sign that there's going to be much closer uh, military cooperation uh, between the three states, particularly probably Australia and the United States in Asia. And of course, uh, that appears to be all about uh, China. Uh, what's the view of AUKUS uh, from India, especially in terms of India's membership in the Quad, but its absence from this agreement? Yeah, uh, clearly there have been a couple of very interesting views coming out of India about the about the court. A former foreign secretary has gone on record and said that this is a strategic ambush of the court. Uh, other people have also been very careful about it. Essentially, this comes out of the technology transfer that the that the Americans are willing to do to Australia. As mm -hmm. you know, the only nuclear submarine that India and that Indians have run have come from Russia. Uh, earlier, the Soviet Union and now Russia, and the next one is also going to come from Russia. So Indians feel a little bit cheated, but I think uh, that's more strategic commentary. Uh, government probably is 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 more comfortable with with AUKUS uh, than the strategic uh, commentators, primarily because uh, Indians uh, New Delhi would like to believe that uh, this this would distract China and force it to focus uh, a little bit little bit more on the. On the on the on the on the Indo-Pacific, uh, because of the pressures that continue to remain in uh, remain in Ladakh and now in other sectors uh, in the in the in the region, uh, what do you make of the situation on the border, Taylor? Now, so you know, the transgression that you you talked about at the beginning is very interesting. Um, it's in an area uh, that has long been contested between uh, the two sides. Uh, it's also in an area where the line of actual control differs. Uh, or the perceptions differ uh, between uh, China and India. So in this sense, I think it's probably a useful reminder that despite uh, the disengagement agreements that were reached in other sectors, uh, it's very much a live dispute. And there may be pushing and poking and prodding in other areas where we haven't seen it, it as much before. Um, I think there are some reports of a destruction of some Indian infrastructure. I don't know if that is uh, sort of the PLA to sort of poking India directly or if it's in response to some, some shift on the Indian side. It's hard to tell from the reporting, but I think the big takeaway is, you know, the situation on the border, uh, sadly, is alive and well, uh, even if uh, the events of the sort of the previous 18 months are not going to repeat themselves, one should not necessarily uh, be complacent. I also think uh, it's important to note that, you know, these areas where the line of actual control or the perception of it differs really are, are just uh, crises waiting to happen, and the two sides, I think, need to find a way to uh, figure out how to neutralize them to some degree to prevent these these potential for crises uh, from erupting uh, in the future. Yeah, absolutely, Taylor. But Taylor, th th this is a very interesting point that you make about these uh, these crises, uh, these trigger points for the crises, because clearly, you know, uh, the way the Chinese are building up the infrastructure, whatever the satellite imagery is showing us, uh, mm -hmm. both in the both in the west and the east. You know that doesn't portend well for the future because any of these uh, clashes, any of these places, if a clash takes place or something happens, it's again going to be something like June 2020. That's yeah. that's that's what my bigger fear is. Uh, I, do you do you share that apprehension? 
Uh, absolutely, but that's I think that should create urgency on both sides to 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 neutralize the areas where they know they're going to clash, right? I think you and I would both agree that the next crisis will occur probably uh, in some area where the two sides differ over the line of actual control, uh, and the Chinese buildup is significant, um, and India attention to China is significant, which I think means both sides are prepared or at least planning to respond with significant force if another a clash occurs, and so I think the the focus should be on, on basically, I think, uh, renegotiating the earlier CBM agreements such that uh, they take into account the new circumstances, which is that both sides can much more easily deploy troops to the border. And so one needs to anticipate where that can occur and see if those can be prevented, recognizing, of course, that the underlying uh, sovereignty claims are going to be very hard to resolve. So it's more of a crisis management uh, move than... Uh, resolving the underlying conflict in my yeah so the uh, the challenge right now is that the indians are saying that let's first disengage and resolve what's going on in the ladakh border rather than talking about bigger issues whereas the chinese are trying to distract from the from the current ingress that they still have in at least in at least in three locations in ladakh starting from depsang plains demchok and hot spring and they want to they want to continue to remain there and the indians say let's first let's first talk about this and even in the last meeting between the two ministers two foreign ministers uh, the chinese don't seem keen on that so you know i'm not really very hopeful uh, about this about the prescription that you suggest, uh, because, you know, while it is desirable, I think the two sides are clearly talking past each other. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I just can't help myself but to repeat this prescription because I because I, I do worry greatly about the next crisis. And uh, sadly, I think it's uh, probably uh, only going to be a matter of time. Speaking of time, we're out of Thank time. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we're just out of time. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Great, 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 great,